welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. Today is Tuesday, December 28th. We're actually recording this on uh, December 20th, so we're about a week early to it, but we're going to give ourselves the holidays off, so we wanted to get this one out early. Uh, And we have our 2022 predictions episode. Listeners actually really enjoyed this last year, so we decided to keep it up. Uh, We look back at some of our 2021 predictions, uh, see what we got wrong, what we got right, and then we try to make some uh, new bold guesses as to what's going to happen. Uh, what, what else do we have on the agenda? Yeah, we have more of a 2021 year in review. We're going to go through three of our favorite not-so-deep dives from the year. If you missed them, we can go back and listen to them. Kind of our favorite either companies or just sort of not even that we like the stock, just kind of the business and the analysis in general. Um, and then some stuff we like from the year, books, TV shows, podcast episodes. And yeah, we don't have not-so-deep dives and deep dives, the traditional schedule on the last week of the year. So we always like to fill it with one of these special episodes. And it seems like it fits right in because it's right at the end of the year. Okay. And before we get started, uh, we want to give a fair warning here. We have a holiday discount. You only, I think if you're listening to this before the new year, you have a limited time to use this. But if you use our code money at 7investing, you get $100 off the annual. Am I getting that right? That is correct. $100 off the annual subscription for life. So it's typically 300 and, ooh, is it 399 or 349? I cannot remember the exact number. I should probably know that. But $100 off that is a pretty significant discount. They were doing $50 off which is with our original one, but now they've upgraded it for the last two weeks of the year. Should be awesome. I mean, this is a way, if you've ever thought about selling investing and you've been on the fence, now is the time to get it. They're a fantastic research service. And if you go sign up through our promo code money, I mean, you're getting it at a significant discount for the quality of the service they're providing. It is normally $399. And you're if you're a recurring listener to Chit Chat Money, you've probably heard a lot of the seven investing analysts on here before. We love them. We love looking at their recs. Uh, it is sort of uh, a new ideas funnel for us. Um, and so I think a lot of people should use it that way. Yep. Um, Limited time offer too. So it's about to end. So if you ever thought about it, don't put it on the checklist. You got to go do it right now. Okay. Uh, now we wanted to give a little bit of transparency for all the listeners because a lot of the people like listening to us. They like communicating with us. So how has the show changed in the last year and then what to look forward to in 2022 yeah. you get started? Okay. So how it changed in the last year in the summer, we decided to switch from the old schedule. If you're a new listener, you probably don't even know, but we used to do a Tuesday episode that revolved around kind of current weekly events in the markets and stuff like that. Different news events, different kind of stories, really it was all over. We kind of freedom to choose whatever me and Ryan would bring in individual stories. And then we talk about them, but he said to ax that and only do that on a quarterly basis with Ian and Brad, because there really wasn't enough going there. We felt like we were repeating ourselves a lot and we switched to two episodes a week instead of three. And now we have the same Tuesday. We have the not so deep dives, which is the, as everyone might know by now, you know, the standard stuff that uh, goes up through a individual stock in about 30 to 45 minutes, typically our first look, at a stock. And then on Thursday, we try to bring on every week 
another person, an analyst, someone that knows a stock well, someone that knows a business well, and go through and ask them uh, just a bunch of questions about a stock, why either they like it or maybe don't like it. Uh, we're trying to get someone that is an expert on a specific security, get them on and ask them questions for about 45 minutes to an excuse me, to an hour. Yeah, that one is a more thorough deep dive. And it's usually someone who we can kind of coin as the uh, the expert on that business. Or that, or that is the person we think of as an expert for the business. Um, I wanted to give some numbers too. Uh, so Spotify gives us a wrapped. Uh, if you're on Spotify, you know that, but they also do it for podcasters. Um, and so our downloads were up a lot this year, I think it was like 500 or 600%. Now we was, did, we did a have a comp. Yeah. 2020, we did pause for some of the years. So, you know, that is, uh, we're juicing the comp numbers, as you might say, or not comp numbers, the, the year over year revenue numbers, we, we could put a good chart crime in there. Yes. Uh, but we did cross half a million total downloads for the full year. So that was kind of a milestone, I guess, for us. We're hoping to get to a million this year. Um, and we also had 967 people on Spotify that listened to us more than any other show. So if you are one of those people, thank you. Uh, we, we were really excited to see that. Uh, I guess you would call that customer loyalty. Is that is That's that great. Right yeah. You're probably listening to this right now. So thank you for being such a loyal listener. We'll hope to uh, put out just as good of stuff, even better stuff in 2022. Now, what to expect in 2022? Now, well, I think a lot of the same. We only started this new format less than a year or less than six months ago. Yeah. I think it was in August would be the exact date. And I, we really want to do that for the whole of 2022 build up the deep dive catalog, build up the not so deep dive catalog. I think by the end of 2022 in the not so deep dive format, which is a bit confusing. We used to call those deep dives back before August. So that is a bit confusing. I know you're probably confused hearing that, but I think within that format of going over to individual stock, just between me, Ryan, and then either Ian and Brad, or sometimes just me and Ryan, um, over a company, we'll probably have a hundred of those by the end of the year. So hopefully the catalog will just get better and better. Yeah, great. And the other thing that we will have is we will have our quarterly roundtables with Ian and Brad. Uh, we will have new seasons of the history of financial markets, which is kind of a separate show, but it's us sort of just going through different decades. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, financial yeah. markets. Yeah. Um, and um, we're, we're trying to do some quarterly roundtable stuff with Seven Investing as well. I think true. we'll flip flop between their podcast and ours. Um, we haven't decided a full schedule on that yet, but we still want to do something recurring with them because uh, I don't know. We, we both want to see each other do well. So, yeah. So that's a bit of a life update for us. Uh, if you are a recurring listener, or maybe even if this is your first time, thank you guys for making it fun for us. Uh, but now, now for the more fun discussion, uh, last year, you posed the question, a poll on Twitter, who would have better returns, Berkshire B shares or the fan mag, I guess, index, which is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Microsoft, Apple, Google. Yeah. Am I getting that right? Correct. And then uh, at the time, the poll, 81% uh, of people chose fan mag, 19% chose Berkshire. Who has been right so far? Yeah, so we're only one year in, and I have to say it is pretty darn close. This was what I calculated uh, on this date. So a week from now, it could be slightly different. But the total fan mag equal weighted, so I just did equal weighting 16.67%, had the 2021 year-to-date performance of each of those, and then you know weighted it on that 16.67% date. There's contributions, and then summed them up. 
Fan Mag Equal Weighted has done 31.2% this year, and Berkshire B shares are up 31.4% this year. So really, really close. Pretty much a wash, uh, you know, basically, excuse me, basically equal if you round down to 31%. Uh, so I, I think the jury's still out. Um, but yeah. And we've got what, two more years? Is that two more years. Yeah. I think now I would be less confident in Berkshire uh, after seeing some of the numbers that some of the fan made companies have put up and the valuations of those. Well, Microsoft and Google's have expanded, but some of the other valuations have come down. So I don't think it's going to be, I would be less confident in Berkshire from now just because, I don't know, they haven't maybe done much. They haven't accelerated the buyback too much, but I don't know that company that well. But either way, uh, I'm still excited to see. And so far, the 80%, I guess, technically I've been wrong, but it's basically wash. Okay. Now we're going to review our 2021 predictions. Um, and I can say confidently that I got, I think, I think I got mine right. No, I'd say I got mine wrong. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, we had, we had the same prediction uh, last year. So if you go back and listen to the show from a year ago, uh, we both thought that the EV, the electric vehicle, uh, industry, I guess, was in a bubble and we thought it was going to burst. Um, and did you say you ran some numbers on it to check? I was just looking at all the different popular companies. I mean, stuff like Tesla and Rivian. Rivian just went public, so it's hard to compare, but they are still sky high. There's a few others that are still lucid. Lucid still, I believe, is up like 100% this year. So we were totally wrong on those. But there are a lot of others that are down like 70% this year, like uh, Lordstown, uh, Nikola might be down like 40% and it was already down quite a bit. Fisker, QuantumScape, stuff like that. So it was, it was a mix. I'd give us maybe we were 30% right because I still don't think the bubble, if it is there, and I think a lot of people, I mean, it's basically consensus now that it's the bubble and it's just kind of when is it going to burst? I, I think we were wrong. I don't think it's burst. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're definitely wrong in that regard. It, it, would, it will probably fizzle out one company at a time over the it, next 10 years, I it, imagine. It'll, something's, yeah, something's going to happen. Either of these companies are going to be amazing and they're going to grow at an astounding rate or the bubble's going to burst. And I, I, I'll i be interested to see what happens. Okay. And what was your second prediction? Uh, my second prediction goes back to that poll I did, which was Berkshire Hathaway will outperform Fan Meg in 2021. Again, this is pretty boring. It was basically a wash, but technically, uh, I guess I was right by 0.2%. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that's a victory or I, I, what would you call that? Just basically a wash. Get my money back. It's a tie. It's yeah. A yeah. Uh, yeah. My second prediction was that the end of COVID would mark the initiation of a roaring 20s-like period. Do you think this is more of something you wanted to happen? Or yes. I listened back to it, and this is... This was basically just me hoping it would happen. Yeah. Um, and I would not say it's totally happy. I mean, I'm putting end of COVID in air quotes because it hasn't, that part hasn't happened yet. So I, I have no way of saying that this is correct. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say wrong on that one. Wrong. Yeah. Re up it for 2022, maybe. Or is that a teaser? <laughs> or no, that's not in it's your top five. Not in, top not in your top it's, five. Yeah. It's yeah. Not. I don't know. It was pretty boring uh, predictions last year. I think we were a bit burned out after doing 25 stocks at Christmas. So I remember kind of rushing through this and not having a, I think we got better, more thought out predictions this year. Hopefully. All right. Best podcast episode, TV show, and book that you read in 2021. 
Okay. What, uh, what should I start with first? Go podcast episode. Okay. This one. And I couldn't go back. Uh, if you follow our newsletter, which is just on Substack that we, we send out, or I do it. I send out the, every Sunday, a recap of the week. And, uh, I linked to some stuff that I like, and one of them is a good listen, quote unquote. So that's a podcast. And I went through some of the recent ones. Sorry, I didn't go all the way back all through all 52, but there was one under, uh, what's the show called? Acquired, which I think a lot of people know of. It's a show that's way more popular than ours. And it was with NZS Capital. We've had someone from on, there on here before, John, John Bathgate. Bathgate, who was talking semiconductors, but they went way deeper than we did on this episode. And they had another person from their company slash fund. Uh, what was his name? Brinton. Then uh, they talked complexity investing, which is kind of their big theme, and semiconductors. I thought I learned a lot from it, and it goes for about an hour and forty-four minutes. I really enjoyed it. It was out in November, so it's not stale yet. Uh, I would definitely recommend for that for anyone who is interested in. I, I wouldn't even say a all anyone that's interested in individual stocks will like this one. Okay, for me, uh, I came across the Wall Street Journal podcast this year. Uh, well, what one is it? The, it well, it, it's called the journal, the one with the orange, the yeah. journal. It's a co-production between wall street journal and Gimlet media. Um, and this is obviously it's a hundred percent recency bias, but, uh, the, the episode that they had, that's called the fallout from Turkey's economic experiment or experiment, uh, I thought was pretty fascinating because they had a reporter that had been there and kind of had boots on the ground research. So I really enjoyed that episode. Um, there were a lot of other episodes as well. I, I thought uh, Bill Brewster's conversation with David Gardner was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to remember though, because these are all recent in the last few months with podcasts, the shelf life, it's hard to remember. All this it stuff. is. Yeah. It's low shelf life. Uh, but uh, the other one that I would say, I mean, this was the most listened to podcast for me was the Berkshire annual meetings, uh, but it's hard. They all kind of blend together. So there isn't really one that stuck out um, or at least one episode, but it's just hours of great information, especially him from the nineties. Buffett in the nineties was, uh, th those were really fun to listen to. Um, so that was kind of my favorite podcast, I guess you could say, but yeah, it goes, they should, you got to speed that one up though. It's like he go, he sits there and says, um, a lot. If you know, he, he like takes a sermon, he takes, oh man, he takes a long time to answer, but usually it's good stuff. It is. Uh, all right. Favorite TV show. I think I know what you're going to say, but go uh, succession. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's anyone. in. if you're listening to the show, you like investing, you probably like the financial world. You got to watch this show on HBO max. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was uh, my favorite show as well. Season two was better though. Season three was good. Or it's still season three is still great, but I think season two is definitely a lot better. I thought they were both. Uh, I thought, I thought season three was pretty good. Now, see, rewatch season two. I mean, think about the boat, the ending. The last episode of season two is definitely the best episode of the series. Okay. Uh, favorite book that you read? Uh, yeah. So there's, I try to just focus this on one that people would be interested in for investing. And one that is more historical, that was pretty easy read is called Bubble in the Sun. It outlines the bubble in Florida in real estate in 1925 to 1929, right during the roaring 20s, the great market bubble during that time. And an underrated part of it was the real estate bubble. I can't remember a lot of the exact details because I read it back in the spring, but I mean, you had Charles Ponzi, literally Charles Ponzi himself down there. 
Bubble sending the it, they would send, yeah, it's called bubble in the sun. You'll be able to find it. Just search it. The, they would send out flyers and I have to remember the details, but they would send out flyers across the nation and just tell people there's like guaranteed returns. If you sent them money for these land plots in Florida and they'd get down there and it would just be this little swampy area and people, it was, it was a gigantic bubble. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. Miami, you know, people, yeah, it's reminiscent of what happened in, you know, 2007 too as well. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Uh, I went with, and this is not nearly as niche, but uh, Snowball, which it was just my first time. Yeah, what's that? It. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably something no one's ever heard of. It, uh, yeah, I I was looking back to the books I've read, and you know what? A little pat on my back. I did a little more reading this year than I did last year, uh, which felt there you felt go. Okay, that's good. But Snowball was good. It's if you're interested in Buffett, like most people are. Uh, it's fun to kind of go through his entire life. Yeah. Uh, Don't get discouraged after the first hundred pages. You got to get through those. And then it's no, good. it really heats up when they had the Solomon brothers crisis. I think yep. that was the most exciting part of the book for me. The second one, uh, and this was us talking our book or this is me talking our book um, is the Spotify play. I thought that was a pretty good book, pretty good read about the early days of Spotify and kind of how it was built. Uh, the last one for me, I know I'm using, I'm using, I'm using three, three and one. Yeah. I'm going to go Amazon unbound with a third. They were all pretty close, uh, but I thought that was another good one. Um, and those are all kind of business related. So Amazon unbound. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely good. Um, all right. Anything else? Nope. Uh, okay. You cheated. You had three. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. I could have picked one. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, we're going to hit a quick ad break and then we got our 2022 predictions on the second half. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Here you are miles from home and ready to start your vacation. Good thing you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. They have free high-speed Wi-Fi to stream all your favorite movies. And in the morning, get fresh waffles with their free bright side breakfast or squeeze in a workout at their fitness center. Either way, you're ready to conquer the day. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you triumph. Book your stay at LQ.com. Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security, included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. Welcome back in. Brett, I'm going to let you go first. You have your five predictions. Uh, okay, I'll say them and then we... Should we alternate or should we... Uh, let's alternate so in yeah. case we steal any, you know. Yeah. Uh, and these are in... Uh, they're not in any confidence order. First one I have, and this one's a bit complicated because there's two things in here. So inflation will be lower than the 6.8% number it is right now for the full year on average. You know, they take the monthlies. But at the end of the year, the 10-year U.S. Treasury will be higher than it is right now at 1.375%. What are your thoughts on that one? I was thinking about going with an inflation one as well. Uh, and yeah, I agree with both those points. Yeah. I should say first, my prediction is that four out of the five of these will be wrong. So don't take these seriously. They're just kind of fun. Uh, they're not like, there's no way we're investing off of these, but they're just kind of 
predictions you might talk about at the bar. Yeah, kind of it's a prediction that our predictions will be wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with both those. Um, I think it, the inflation uh, stuff, it's, it's so strange because there's obviously no hyperinflation. Oh, like yeah. you, I'm, I'm a consumer. I know. Like I go to the grocery store. I order food. Yeah. I think you always see the people tweeting out this stuff and you, you can say, Oh, where did this person live? Oh yeah. What is it? New York or San Francisco? Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, you guys get paid 200 K a year. I, I think we're okay. Yeah. Like in any other spot, I'm sure there's inflation out there, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be some fed apologist, but that's kind of what I am. Things, some things have gone up in price. They have. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to revert back. I mean, it's, it seems to me, and again, there's a lot of variables here. Like it's a supply chain thing and it will be solved after the holiday season. Um, semiconductors might take a little longer time because there's a big lag time and some of the other stuff might have a bigger lag time. But I think that, I don't know, it goes back down to the two, 3% range. Well, okay. there's a lot of variance there. And then the 10 year treasury though is, is really, it's, it's manipulated quote unquote by the federal reserve because of their uh, stimulus program that they're doing. So I think once that stops, the 10-year will rise to a more normalized rate and we'll see a convergence uh, of inflation and the 10-year treasury, hopefully at something more normal around 2 to 3%, something like that. That'd be ideal, uh, but I know that's probably not going to happen. Okay, that plays well into my uh, one of my predictions, which is we will still be talking about supply chain issues in a year. Mm, even, But they might, yeah, even if it's like- Labor shortages, I think will still exist in a year. I think, uh, or, I mean, unless that's fit, I haven't really kept up on that information, but I hear people talk about it all the time. So I think, I think it's still going to be around. I think the shipping stuff is, is a chronic problem. And mm. I heard Jake Taylor kind of talking about it as sort of this. And there was another person that's more, uh, I think familiar with the shipping business. Um, and it's like, he was saying like, no one's in charge. Like there's, you can't, it's not a problem that can be easily fixed. And Jake Taylor kind of referred to it as a complex adaptive system. And they tried to like put a task force on it. And it's, they said, it's like trying to put a minimum speed limit sign on the 405 uh, highway in California. Like it's not going to solve traffic. You you have, it's a very, it's a very tough problem to solve and there's no one really in charge. And apparently the ports aren't communicating. So it's like, the congestion is tied to individual ports. I think it's a problem that will uh, persist at least for the next year. I'm going to take the other side of that now that right. that argument sound logical, but I'm, I'm going to say it's not going to be a problem by the end of the year. We'll see who's right. I, I, I'm going to take the other side. I think maybe this is wishful thinking. It'll be solved in 2022. Uh, you got a lot of brain power on that right now. It is a very complicated issue. Some of the but, predictions are putting it all the way out to 2023, 2024. Yeah, but... The, I don't think anyone knows anything. So they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't know why I feel this, but I just have a feeling it's probably wrong, but I have, I, it just feels like we oversupplied ourselves. And then one thing that gets me is that chart of how retail sales just totally went up uh, five years above trend, which that helped overclog the ports. I don't think that can continue. I don't think anyone and savings rates are back down below 10%. So no one has any money to spend anymore. Like they did have that glut uh, of spending after the pandemic started. So I think those will be helpful factors. But again, there are so many factors. 
I'm not too confident in that assertion. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what's your next one? Okay. And I might be stealing this from you because we talked about this before the show. Uh, the value factor will outperform the growth factor in 2022, even after this little December sell-off we're going through that has hit the growth factor harder. Okay. Now, one of my predictions is that the growth factor will outperform the value factor in mm, 2022. Nice. So we're already at so odds here. bet on this. Uh, yeah. One, one, one share of the growth index or one share of the value index. I don't want to own either. So since, the, <laughs> since I'll get the value. How about, how about one share of Boston Omaha? Something that is not in our fund that we were both interested sure. in and is at a small share price of about $25 a share. So that's easy enough. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, now the reason, and I'm going to give some justification for my thesis, which is fan, fan mag, fan mag <laughs> yeah. plus Nvidia accounts for more than forty percent of the growth ETF, the Russell iShares or iShares Russell one thousand growth, whatever it is. Do you think Nvidia is a drag or a positive there? No, I haven't looked into Nvidia that much, so uh, I I'm not going to have any sort of statement on Nvidia. But the other ones, every time I look at those companies individually. I have a hard time saying that they're expensive or that they're overvalued. Yeah. And if, if the thesis, if the growth ETF performance is pretty much all based on the fan mag, uh, I don't think value is going to be allowed be able to outperform it. Yeah. I think that could happen. Which, which makes me think every time why I'm not just long fan mag. Yeah. The one thing, um, I think that could happen, but the one thing that gets me is the other 60% uh, less confident in as a whole. I know there's probably individual pockets of those right now. And then the top heaviness makes me a bit concerned that if one of them falls and disappoints, like if one totally, I don't know, if, uh, it's hard to see in vision, but you know, some things you, you can't envision and stuff's unpredictable. But if something, if one of the big companies for with, with the other one's success, mm, it's hard to tell. I think having one of those not do well or totally disappoint would, I mean, that's the, it, the top heaviness. It, it just makes it tough. I don't know. I mean, didn't Facebook totally disappoint over the last year? No, uh, I'm looking at the numbers all, I, I did the numbers for the Berkshire thing and all of them are positive. The worst performer, Amazon, 6%, Netflix, 9%, Facebook, 20%. Uh, let's go up to Apple, 35, 36%, Microsoft, 49%, Google, 65%. Although Google's still really cheap. They've just done really, really well as a business this year. So, yeah. All right. If anything, Boston, you get, Omaha share. That's the bet. All right. I'm, we'll I'm good with that. 2022. I'm good with 2020, that. Uh, Jan 1, 2023. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your third one? Third one. No, did you, are you, you're taking Yeah, yeah, yeah. mine's uh, okay. Third one, and this ties into the growth and value stuff, but the ARC Innovation ETF will finish the year in 2022 lower than its current price of $95 a share. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I had one written in here that their AUM across all of their funds will sink below 20 billion. Uh, um, wouldn't wish that on anyone though. <laughs> that one's tough, right? No, it wasn't really, it wasn't like saying all the, uh, you know, I looked at the ARK Innovation ETF and a lot of those companies I really like. So it's not some bash and that's where a lot of their AUM is based. But I yeah, think they're going to have a flood yeah. of redemptions because I think a lot of their ETF investors look at it retrospectively 
That's and true. when they see like down 20% year to date, it might be less exciting to invest in that. Yeah, I still, yeah, let's look at their top holdings. Tesla, Roku, Teladoc, Zoom, Coinbase, Unity, Spotify, Twilio, Exact Sciences, and Telia. I don't know what those last two are. I'm sure they're biotech or something. I like some of those. Some of those valuations have come down a bit. I still just don't understand the Tesla part. It's just such a high weighting. And yeah, I have a buy against them. I have a buy percentage of it. Yeah, it has come down as a percentage of it. It's down to seven point something percent. Uh, but wasn't it at like twelve percent at one point? Yeah, but my just thoughts are if it's not, it's just a like, and it's the I, it's not if anything on the business qualities. I think Roku's a quality business. Might be a premium valuation. Zoom's a fine business. Premium valuation. Twilio's a fine business. Premium valuation. I it's just a bold prediction with no. It's just kind of a feeling that you know the valuations will come back more from the, the growth stuff will kind of reconverge with the average market multiple. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, uh, I guess we'll see. I mean, these are supposed to be bold predictions. So uh, yeah, I, if it doesn't happen, don't say I gotcha. I hope anyone that has, has money in ARK Innovation ETF uh, does well. We don't want anyone to lose money. Yes. Uh, now I'm getting into my bold prediction and I made this prediction two years ago. Uh, I made the prediction that we wouldn't see a 30% drawdown uh, <laughs> for the entire decade. Are, are, uh, you're going to re-up this? And two months in, we saw more than a 30% drawdown. So I'm re-upping it and maybe partially so that we can get a 30% drawdown and get a whole bunch of cheap prices. That'd be great. Uh, and if you're looking if you're looking for a uh, bearish indicator, I'm re-upping this now. Uh, so what's, what is it? Over this next year, there won't be a 30% drawdown. Over the next over the next decade, there won't be a 30% drawdown. We will revisit next year. And if we're one out of eight years away, you know, that's that's check the box. Uh, and I'm going to keep re-upping it as long as it still works. All right. And uh, you're selling volatility. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that's my bold prediction. And it's 30% drawdown in the S&P 500 or the SPY. Yeah, the the spy spider as they call it. I don't know what everyone has the. I don't know why it's always SPY. It's just such a simple index, but that's okay. a story for another day. What's um, your fourth one? Fourth one. Now, we talked with uh, Bennett Tomlin about this. Go listen to that episode if you want to know what Tether is, because it's a big part of the financial industry that no one really knows about. But uh, the Tether. This is my prediction: is that the Tether. And I'll quote this as saying potential fraud scheme because we don't want to say anything for sure. There's just a lot of clues around and we're not exactly sure here. And it saves us from looking bad in the future. It saves us from looking bad. The potential fraud scheme does not get unwound in 2022. I don't think there's any, I don't see any reason why anyone will care yet. There is an SEC investigation into them, right? There is, but there's been, that stuff's been happening for years. I don't, I just don't see any reason why it's, I, I personally think it's a bit sketchy what they're doing and I, it smells fishy, but it's one of those things where I'm like, Hmm, what's going to cause it to collapse now? If the narrative's all with them, everyone loves crypto. Everyone's going to keep buying. I guess there would have to be a huge narrative shift in crypto or something like that. But until someone figures out what they're doing at a level where it matters, I don't think they can do anything. And one thing that I heard is that the SEC never likes to do anything until the market price collapses on something because when the market price collapses on a fraud or something like that, say Enron, um, they can't be blamed because if they come out and say something's fraudulent and the stock's super high 
in Tether's case, crypto stuff is super high and it totally collapses after they make that fraud announcement, people could say that the SEC or whoever caused it, even though it was just them exposing them for fraud. So I don't think, I don't know, this one, obviously not confident, but I don't think it's going to happen in 2022. I don't see any catalyst, but it's an industry I'm not an expert on. So Okay. Uh, my fourth one, and I don't know how to measure this, but I think investors will look back on Square's purchase of Afterpay as one of the most uh, worst overpriced acquisitions of all time. Mm, I think that I concur with that. That's a good one. Didn't think of that one. I totally agree. And I went and looked back at some of the worst acquisitions of all time just to make sure that I wasn't being crazy. And aside from AOL, Time Warner, uh, I guess that may have been, was that more of a merger? Yeah, merger, I guess. But still, somewhat, you know. This, uh, this is going to be right up there in the annals of history uh, as one of the worst. And right. I say that as a person that loves the cash app business. Um, yeah, you know what? I was just on Venmo. Apps, piece of shit. I think BNPL um, cash was way better the most overhyped uh, trend of all yeah. time. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't get it. And I think Afterpay, yeah, I mean, $30 billion. I don't now, get it. Now, if you look at it, I, I guess I don't know if the acquisition closed, but if Square bought with stock whenever- I guess it it's at, less than $29 billion now. Block, yeah. you got to call them Block. <laughs> What? I'm never calling. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you got to call them block. I mean, that's their name. Now. <laughs> that's my fourth. What's your uh, okay. last one? Fifth. Now, this one should be fun. I think Google finishes the year as the largest company in the world in 2022. Valuation is decently now? low. Uh, it's 1.8 trillion. Apple's probably 2.7, no, probably 2.6 trillion now. Microsoft's like 2.5 trillion. Those are the only two they have to surpass. I think this is how it happens. Apple is the tougher one because the valuation is not as a uh, premium as Microsoft. Apple gets some struggles with the China relationship. I think there could be some stuff that happens there uh, with, you know, the geopolitical stuff uh, and Apple. So attached to that market, there could be some things happening there. The semiconductor supply shortage, if that doesn't get resolved, there could be some delays there, although they have the, the, the priority spot on TSMC. So I'm not sure if that'll affect it, but I don't, uh, I don't know. I think there's just a, I'm, I would be less confident in Apple's business. Finishes the I don't know. year. Well, Finishes the year. Yeah. And Microsoft, it would probably have to just be valuation stuff because it's such a steady subscription business where that comes down. But Google, yeah, I think they finished the year as the largest uh, company in the world. That's I want to say I'm less like confident that. in this one, but I definitely think it's possible, especially when they're trading at, I'm looking at the basic stuff, EV to EBITDA of like 20. Okay. And uh, again, call me out when I'm wrong. <laughs> I, my, I know everyone loves apples. So. My fifth one, there will be less companies brought to the public markets in 2022 than there were in 2021. I don't know if that's that bold. But yeah, cop out. Yeah, that's an easy one. I think the public listing market is going to sour over the coming year, whether it's IPOs, SPACs, direct listings are kind of rare. But um, anyway, companies yeah. coming public. Here's, here's why I say it. There's been a lot of uh, bad investments made in IPOs recently. Like there's been a lot of negative returns after people bought at the IPO. I think that's going to leave a stain on future IPOs, which means there's going to be less demand and less companies are going to want uh, 
to uh, take their companies public in that kind of a market. Yeah, I, I don't think that's bold at all. I think that's already happening. It's definitely feels like the pace has slowed, but I don't have any numbers. Which is unfortunate because I remember like a few years ago, we were talking about how we wanted companies to stop saying private for so long. Uh, so now they haven't. They haven't. And it turns out most of them are, <laughs> it turns out around, most of them don't look that great. They could have stayed private. Yeah, they, okay. Yeah. The, the financials have not looked great on a lot of them, but I don't know. Can Never mind. I was going to say, can you still take like a, like a venture funding round as a public company? Is that possible? Uh, no, I don't. That wouldn't. You can't do like a private round of sorts. It's not private because you have to, how are they going to get it? It's either debt or stock. If they have the stock, public stock, you can't have half the stock private. You have a private debt round though, right? You could like I mean, sell. The, I, I, there's no difference because the debt doesn't have any. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, I guess it makes sense that you don't want to. But VCs can make a, invest, I mean, if you had a giant VC fund, it could be a common stock offering, uh, buy some common stock from a public company. Yeah. I guess but then you wouldn't get that artificial liquidity or artificial scarcity, you know? All right. Uh, top three, not so deep dives for the year. Uh, what's your third? Third, I'm going to go with Upstart. This is from March. I thought that was a good episode. It's is hard to say because so, we're trying to. Not so deep dive? Yeah. Uh, we call it deep dive then. Uh, uh, it was the same format. You know, not so deep dive was, I mean, it was under that same format. I wish so. I had known that we were taking those, but uh, okay. Same, same format. Uh, I, I, sorry, but uh, start yeah. be on there for me. Why don't you go through all of your three? Well, I'm gonna find some uh, some recent ones. All right, three. Yeah, Upstart. I don't know. It's a it's a very interesting business. I know it's a bit of a controversial stock, which makes it fun. I don't have any strong takes on it. I know Brad, who did the show with us, became a pretty big bull after researching the company, and the stock is, I think, gonna be the top performer of the year or maybe since this IPO in December of last year. So yeah, I mean, fun listen. Uh, I would definitely get into that one for the new, they kind of invented their new, a new business model, sort of. They're trying to disrupt the, the FICO score. It's very interesting what they're trying to do. Second one will be Vimeo. I thought that was a good episode as well. Interesting business. Um, I say that because the stock kind of collapsed like 60% after its spinoff from uh, IAC. So the valuation got a lot better and it's one I might have to revisit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause the, the business looks interesting to me. I looking at it, I thought it looked like a good business. Obviously valuation, it's hard to look at something when it's at 20 times sales and be attracted to the stock price. But I thought the business looked promising and they're also doing something interesting and in trying to build out their own, um, like a whole new industry of video solutions for companies. Yeah. It's a little, my only knock with that one. And I did, I enjoyed that one as well. And part of it is the whole, like it came out of IAC. So did match group. So did uh, a lot of other stuff. They have a good track record. What's the holding? What's, is it booking hold? No, what's it was Expedia. That, it was Expedia. But they, they formed it into like a whole uh, group of like travel companies. Mm, it wasn't booking, but it was something. I, I don't know. Anyway, exactly, they have a good track record. Yeah. And so it automatically kind of attracts you to the uh, company. I thought that was a good one. I don't, I think it's un. for me, it's kind of unclear. Uh, they haven't done a good enough job defining the product for customers. It's kind of, maybe it's because they had the pivot away from their YouTube like solution. Uh, but it was hard to like, like, I didn't know what they did going into it. Well, 
but I don't know. They're do. growing pretty quickly, so I think customers yeah. are uh, they're doing fine. But that's a conversation uh, for another day. What's if we revisit, we've actually one? said uh, spoiler for 2022. Someone said we should do revisits. I think we might try to do those. That could be one to revisit, like revisit stocks that we talked about a year ago. Then we might try to do that. Uh, but that we haven't done any hard schedule on that, so no promises. First one was Robinhood right at the IPO. Um, I say this a bit to brag because we basically faded the IPO and so many people are bullish on this. And we're, I don't know so, if that so, many people were bullish on it. I saw a lot of people that like it. Now, maybe, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people like it. Um, you ended up right. So we ended up right. That's why I like it. And, uh, but, we, but, but the show up. itself was good. And uh, the company is so interesting and their business model reliance on crypto. There's a lot of various variables at play that I'm not even, I would never short. We don't short, but the, I would, uh, and I don't think I'd ever go long Robin hood. It'll be very interesting to watch what they do over the coming years because they're so integral to the retail investment landscape and how they influence what people invest in their business model is interesting. All that good stuff. It's down. More than 50% from its IPO. Well, 48%, I guess, from its IPO. And I want to say like 80% from its highs. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, but you know, that was that was probably one of the easier calls. It felt like they went they went public at the time of like peak trading. Everyone yeah. was participating. Yeah. They had a guy down on Dogecoin <laughs> or they missed Shiba Inu. It's just interesting that that's their business model. Um, I don't know. I just found that one fascinating. It was fun to research. I I think it would have been fun to listen to. Yeah, and it's a very it's a business that everyone is relating to. I'm sure there's a ton of users, and to understand how that works, I think it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, um, my third favorite was Matterport. I liked. Uh, going through that business and especially how it plays into the whole, you know, metaverse trend that's going on now. Um, and it's just kind of, it's really interesting technology. So looking into it was fun. Um, the valuation, I thought it was crazy when we looked at it, but I think it's, uh, it turned it's a bit, sense. Yeah. It turned into a bit of a meme. It's like up or down 9% a day or 10% a day. Yeah. It's up a lot. I don't know. Interesting technology for sure. It's fun, fun to watch. My second one, my second favorite was Latch. Uh, it's a company we both, I think, like, uh, and it's it's doorknob technology in a sense. Uh, but they, it's basically like security and uh, security software for big apartments. And I kind of define entrance right? soft. Yeah, uh, it replaces your key too. Yeah, and so uh, you can just if. The, the customer facing part, uh, if you're not sort of an administrator at a giant apartment complex is uh, you have an app and it's how you get in the door. You can just like put your phone up next to your uh, door lock and you get in. So pretty convenient, pretty cool. Uh, and then my top one is Wise. Mm, recent uh, too. The multi-currency uh, account. And it's I think they are, we kind of like the remittance space or I kind of like the remittance space and they seem like they have sort of the most unique strategy. Uh, I know our friend Luis Sanchez has likened it to PayPal in the early days. Uh, and I think that's kind of an app comparison. Uh, they are trying to be the low cost provider and trying to make money in alternative ways. So they're trying to reduce the cost 
of cross-border payments. Uh, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and it's well-run companies also. I yeah. like management. Founder-led. Yeah, that's, uh, and we're not saying these aren't like recommendations or anything. These are basically the ones that we were most interested to analyze ourselves. So it's probably the ones that people would be most interested to listen to. And Wise is a fascinating business, the way they're trying to reduce fees for international transfers. I mean, it's one of those, you know, non-zero-sum ones throwing back to the NZS capital where they're serving everyone and helping everyone while also taking a tiny slice of the pie through their technology they built out. And it's fascinating to see if they're ever going to bring international transfer fees down to zero, like their goal is. It's kind of, it's a bold claim, but it's like this directional arrow that they can go after. That's kind of like you're rooting for them uh, because you want international transfers to be free. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, anything else, or is that going to do it for the show? I think that'll do it. Hopefully you guys, you know, stick around for the next year. I know that we put out two weeks, so not everyone listens to every episode, but I hope, you know, you, you enjoy the catalog, take a look back at some of the shows you might be interested in this year. There's a lot of stocks that we covered that are probably down like 30 to 50% now. So a revisit could be fun. Yeah. We are hoping to get some nice deep dive out, deep dives out with some analysts. Uh, yeah, yeah have, I don't know. If you have any companies you want us to look at or anything like that, feel free to let us know. Hit the um, hit us up on the email. Yeah, at gmail.com. Oh, before we go, uh, please, if you're on Spotify, feel free to leave us a rating. Uh, you can uh, one star, five star, whatever. I guess we'd prefer yep. five and star. It's, it's right on the home page. You might not look this up, so you have to look up the podcast in your search bar. Right on the homepage, there'll be a little star thing. It's kind of hard to see. They just launched it. If you leave us a five-star review, it'll help us out. Okay. Uh, That's much appreciated. And uh, thank you guys for a fun year. Here's to 2022. Uh, Without further ado, uh, let's get to the disclosure. Disclosure, yeah. uh, Brett and I are not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or recommendation. We are, however, general partners at Arch Capital, so clients may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.